0: Kentucky. Greetings and welcome to another release of The Barrel Report, the podcast that gets you behind the barrel of your favorite Kentucky bourbons. I'm your host, Adam Johnson. I'm the director of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And in our sixth release, we are in Franklin, Kentucky, visiting with Mark DeTore of Dueling Grounds Distillery. Dueling Grounds Distillery is a small family-run operation in small-town Kentucky. But they have big plans for their uh, little distillery located just just off I-65, Right near the Tennessee Kentucky border. Uh, We enjoyed our visit with Mark. Uh, Obviously, he enjoyed getting to taste some of his products, his flagship brands, as well as his experimental uh, batches that he's gotten. Then he's going to talk more about that. But before we dive into that, uh, our interview with Mark, let's get you some industry news. First, uh, we got to give a big uh, shout out and thanks and just commend all of the folks at Angel's Envy. Their opening was phenomenal. They did a great job. Uh, you really got a sense of the kind of the family operation because it was very emotional, that opening. Uh, it was just, and also very well done, uh, great party. They had a band, some of the cocktails, the gifts they gave out. Not to mention the place looks fantastic. It's going to be a great tour. Highly recommend people go check that out in downtown Louisville. Uh, but we got to give, um, you know, just a, a, a big well done and pat on the back to D Ford, Wes Henderson, the whole Henderson family, the Picardy guys. It, it was a great opening. So uh, good job to Angels Envy. Also, just wanted to update folks on Kentucky Bourbon Affair 2017. Uh, the programming is coming in from the distilleries, and things are looking good. I think people are going to be really excited for some of the offerings in 2017 in June. So stay tuned for that. Also, we are rapidly approaching Thanksgiving, and of course, everybody who listens to this should have the goal of having bourbon in every one of their items uh, that they cook uh, for Thanksgiving. That's a that's a natural uh, goal and progression here on the Barrel Report. That uh, it's something to strive for. Obviously, desserts are easy. You know, you can throw some in with the pecan pie or the pumpkin pie, but you really need to focus on on your meal and the side dishes. So, uh, obviously, you can. You can brine your turkey with bourbon, you know, the cranberry sauce, easy. Uh, don't forget, you can deglaze your pan, your roasting pan when you're making that gravy with bourbon. But don't forget too about uh, the Bourbon Barrel Foods, guys. They've got a ton of seasonings that you can use, not only for desserts, but, you know, the, the salt, the pepper, all that is kind of sn- is sneaking some of that uh, bourbon flavor into your many dishes uh like brussels sprouts i like to put a little of that on there mashed potatoes get a little tricky but you can put a little just a little dash in there just to you know feel like you've completed 100 of this project so uh hopefully you guys will get through thanksgiving uh and you can just stick to the cocktails if that's easier uh don't forget apple cider is your friend but don't forget to kind of brighten it up with uh, a little bit of lemon juice maybe even some bitters don't forget Uh, when you add your bourbon to your apple cider, which is kind of a classic Thanksgiving cocktail. So if you have any questions on how to cook with uh, bourbon and Thanksgiving, just hit us up on Twitter. We're here to help. Uh, So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And now on to our show. But first, we want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, uh, Visit Louisville, Louisville's Convention and Visitors Bureau. We want to thank them once again for being a partner uh, with Bourbon Affair coming up. Uh, This will be our fourth year. They've been our partner every year, and we're really excited for some of the things we're going to be rolling out uh, for you guys in June. So thank you, Louisville. Thank you for listening, and now on to the show. All right, welcome back, everyone. Adam Johnson here touring the great state of Kentucky, visiting our many distilleries. And here I am in Dueling Grounds Distillery in Where am I? Franklin, Kentucky. Not to be confused with Franklin, Tennessee, as as I learned earlier, but I'm joined by... Mark Dettori.
1: And Mark, what do you do here? I own the joint. (laughs) (laughs) Which means I'm chief bankroll here, yeah. Uh, But I... uh, It's kind of my baby, yeah. So how did you get started down this path
0: of um, distilling... Yeah, this
1: new visitor center we're in here that you just opened what days ago? Days, right? yeah, a couple of days ago. Uh, how I got started was kind of it's kind of a cool story because I I've been in Franklin for about 20 years, looking for some sort of a local business that I could run that would uh, employ folks locally and would kind of grow and be and serve as the community. And it was on tours of craft distilleries on the. Uh, the Kentucky Craft Distillers Tour, that I kind of started thinking, oh, this this could be for me, you know, I could I could kind of get into this. Uh, I was a beer brewer for a long time and really enjoyed brewing beer, and it just was kind of the next logical step was to get into the whiskey thing. Um, and going to, well, especially the ones in our area, like MB Roland and Corsair and places like that, I right. kind of got an exposure to it, what, what tangibly would be involved. What kind of stuff are you all making here? Uh, right now we're focusing primarily on bourbon and putting away bourbon. And so as part of that process, uh, we barrel, a, we uh, bottle a white whiskey, which we call Kentucky Clear. It's the same mash bill that we're putting up for bourbon, but we think it's smooth enough and nice enough that people would want to drink it. And we seem to be getting a pretty good reaction. And you guys are going more wheat, right? It's all wheat. wheat. It's yep. a wheat. It's a wheat, yeah. So uh, nobody around here raises rye, so um, we're trying to use local products. So we lose local corn local wheat we get it ground here in a local feed mill try to try to keep as much of it as close as we can um, and then uh, barreling just about as much as we possibly can and then putting away putting up a little bit in bottles for people to try and buy
0: and now you guys have the nq3 license correct and just looking at your back bar here you've got a nice sampling of our other uh, craft guys yeah uh, what kind of uh, kind of bar program you got here at your place?
1: Well, we have uh, a cocktail uh, list that people can come in during the week or, you know, on the afternoons that's primarily made up of our spirit. So we use right. Kentucky Clear, and we've come up with several different cocktails for that. Then uh, we're building the back bar out in order to do special events. So the first thing we're going to start doing is every Sunday we're doing essentially a cocktail party. We start about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We go to 7, 7.30 at night. We have a uh, – uh, we'll have a um, – of oh a bartender, a professional bartender, not just me in here, kind of knows what they're doing and we'll have three or four cocktails that are the feature for each week and there'll be things you probably haven't tried before like this, we've got one this week that's made, we call it the Scarborough Fair and it has parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme Whoa. and we have uh, we have one that we make uh, with Kentucky Clear that we muddle fresh corn and we put an egg white in it and we shake it up and then strain it and it's just creamy and beautiful it's really tasty so I got a guy that's working with me who's very into craft cocktails so we've been building these cocktail lists that we're going to roll out and every week it'll be different for cocktails and then people can order their favorites but we're definitely we're stocking the back bar with product that a lot of it's kentucky but pretty much all of it's craft uh we're bringing in liqueurs like our liqueurs are french our, we have italian liqueurs but we have a lot of kentucky whiskey products copper and kings for the brandy it's like i'm looking to kentucky craft distillers first to see what i can source and then kind of going out from there
0: where are you guys located um kind of in the universe of distilling i mean what what's close to you guys give give our listeners an idea of
1: hey i want to come see you what's what's kind of in
0: the area sure how do i find you
1: we're on i-65 on the road between nashville and bowling green so we're about 45 minutes north of nashville and about 30 minutes south of bowling green Uh, closest other distiller to us is uh corsair okay so if you have to be getting people from Tennessee kind of
0: coming up this way. Yes. So it's an easy stop to hit. You go see Clay and those guys in Bowling Green. Go over to... Uh, Boundary Oak, it wasn't that far.
1: Well, you're also only like less than an hour, an hour or so over to MB Rowland if you want to go okay. to the West. It's pretty easy to get there. And like from here to MB Rowland, it's all countryside. It's really pretty. It's like a lot of nice things to do. So there's definitely a bunch. So tell us
0: about uh, your... Your transitioning day job. I mean, you and your wife too. I mean, she's, mm-hmm. she's doing, um, it just fascinates me. She's a, uh, animal train dog trainer, right. 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 Um, and what, what else do you have going on?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've always been sort of self-employed, entrepreneurial people, and my wife, uh, who's my cohort in this adventure, um, uh, runs a dog training business, Bluegrass Canine, and she does quite well with that. They keep keep pretty busy. Uh, I've been involved in the country music business for thirty-five years as long as I've been in Nashville, and. I've been in every phase of it. I started out in the technical side of it as a lighting director, um, production manager, road manager. started working for different companies in the management office and then eventually became a manager myself. And I manage a couple of clients. And I've had a pretty broad list of people over the years that you might have heard of. Um, but the music business is kind of a young man's game. And at some point or another... Retirement is kind of forced on you whether you want it or not. You know, either either your clients that you're working with stop working or they go to work with somebody else or whatever. It's kind of the way the nature of the business. So I wanted to start something that I could use some of those same skills as far as marketing and and positioning and those sort of things but that would be exclusively mine. And I'm not a musician. I'm not an artist. I don't want to do any of those kind of things but the idea of doing the distilling thing. There's a lot of similarities between the liquor business and the music business. It's image, it's style, it's marketing in a kind of a way toward, toward people's passion and their and their free time. And so I find a lot of parallels and I'm using a lot of the same principles in order to try to, to build the... Do you remember brand. your your first band uh, name that you worked with? Oh, hell yeah. When yeah. You, were,
0: you said what, you were 18 and you started working? I
1: started working for my first job right out of high school was doing lights for a cover band called the capital rockers in uh in um washington dc and it was one of these bands that uh played you know five six sets a night five nights a week playing cover material and i did lights and it was back in the 80 or in the early 80s the hair metal days and i had this lighting system that was stupid large that we could bring in tons and tons of gear and you know we could do these giant rock shows in, in little clubs and with pyrotechnics, absolutely, and... <laughs> absolutely. Before before any of that stuff was regulated, before anybody yeah. had really screwed up with it, yeah, we were blowing off flash pots and clubs. Yeah, and probably. And m-
0: let's not have any of that here.
1: No, That's no, probably, a bad <laughs> that idea. probably won't be that. You know, I don't know that there's going to be much live music in my place. I think I might be a little burned out on it. I try a few other, maybe maybe a cornhole tournament or there something. You go. Yeah, because
0: at lunch there, you're like, can we turn this music down? Yeah. <laughs> i have a so bad
1: i go into a bar and i'm sitting there and if the music starts playing i'm usually like okay it's time to go <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's yeah. funny it happens i guess if you've been around it that long maybe it can wear on you a little bit
1: yeah yeah one more earnest singer songwriter is not really what i want to hear in life <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah yeah
0: so uh, you know at the end of the day are you a um are you uh, like you talked about these craft cocktails, or do you like kind of whiskeys neat? I mean, where do you fall on that spectrum where you just like it all?
1: Me personally? Uh, I'm a bourbon drinker. Neat. Okay. Yeah, that's what I like. Um, but not everybody drinks that, so that's why I'm kind of working on the cocktail side of it. I do really like a great cocktail. I think it's really fun. It's just like somebody, especially if you're the bartender, that really takes time with it. And really, I'll usually go in. Um, Nashville is well-known these days for its bar scene and so i go to a lot of the upper end restaurants and i'll usually just look at the craft list and see what he's making and i'll ask what's his favorite or whatever and a recommendation and that's usually what i have i of the most times i'll go in and tell the bartender hey i'm a bourbon drinker so i'd like something that's kind of whiskey based what do you got
0: gotcha yeah
1: well when i was looking back in your
0: production area you've got that's tiny still that you all started on right yep. how many gallons was that 20 gallons 20 gallons so now you've got the how many gallons is 250 have? so was there any learning curve in terms of that scaling up i mean have you guys have you found anything as you were going through
1: the switching over you know i guess it's kind of like when you move from a pinto to a cadillac <laughs> uh no it got easier i mean uh-huh. honestly in so many ways that once we had Pumps and hoses... And and uh, proper still that didn't have an electric element in it where we didn't have to filter everything. I mean, the still now is a Bain Marie still. We have a nice uh, pumping system. It was like we were literally bucketing stuff around. Yeah. you know, it was miserable. <laughs> so no, that was the fact. I think that we survived the twenty five gallon uh, experience and moved up is probably you know good because that was that was a, that was a rough time. And you'd work our asses off and get five gallons. You right. Know? It was like
0: and it's not. <laughs> It's funny you just don't see too many of those twenty-five gallon stills. No. I mean, that is—it's only you can walk right by it. Yeah. And now you've got that beautiful piece that uh, is kind of the cornerstone of your place here. Yeah. Uh, and you let me try a couple of your experimental stuff. Are you comfortable talking about sure. some of these? Uh, yeah, sure. Because I feel like you're back there tinkering with some really interesting yeah. things. Yeah.
1: We're doing uh, we're doing a couple, and the thing that kind of interests, interests me the most right now is herb infusions. Um I have a, a set of medicine bottles, a uh, little jars back there, little uh, dropper jars back there where I've gone through and distilled dozens of different uh, herbs from cacao to cinnamon, vanilla, uh, thyme, uh, rosemary, garlic, I've tried all kinds of things I'll just try I'll try anything and basically I'll just distill I'll just soak it and then redistill it and see what it tastes like and I keep these dropper jars back there and I just sort of uh, combine little drops of things to see what flavors will go together and what interests me and from that we've ex- we've kind of we're starting experimenting with a kind of a citrusy uh, one that 's got some some lemongrass and spearmint in it and then another one that 's got like cinnamon and uh, and vanilla and basically we 're redistilled they 're not syrupy it 's not like we 're making no. something and putting a syrup in it we're just we're, we're, we're infusing it and then redistilling it and i 'm going to bottle those in three seventy fives exclusively and just uh, because I think they'll be like cocktail spirits or or like you said they're almost like bitters something you'd put in maybe in with a cocktail to give it a little flavor when do you think you might have those available I think the clear um, not the clear but the sunshine will be available like in the next couple of weeks Oh, okay, cool. It's ready. I've got a tank of it ready to bottle. i you've got the labels. labeling and all that stuff? Yeah, it's all done. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so formulas and labels are done. Uh, and then the other uh, has about a six-month barrel aging process that I want to put into it. So I'm thinking that will be like I'll roll that out for next fall because – it's more, being barrel aged and everything, I don't know if for, for some reason it feels to me like a fall product. It yeah. has a kind of heavier taste to it. So, it's well, that time of year. We're getting there. Yeah. And I definitely want to do, uh, I've got a couple of other like ideas of different things I want to try. I don't know if they'll sell anything. I don't know if anybody will pick them up past here, but I figure if they're here, people try them. Um, yeah. I see them being
0: may, really, a real good. Maybe some color. bartenders yeah, get into it. That's I was going to say. Yeah.
1: I was thinking on premise or. Yeah.
0: You just—it'd be fun to mess around with the with those in cocktails and just see what they kind of add to it.
1: Yeah, and with the cocktail bar here and having my own kind of resident mixologist kid, yeah, just turn in, them loose. I just say, hey, man, just just go for it. The cocktail list we have is all from, come out of his brain. He just—I gave him a couple bottles of the spirit to play around with, and he came back with ideas and. Some of the more complicated ones we don't even put on here because I can't make them. So if he's not here. You're <laughs> yeah, he's he's the guy. He's the guy. They'll they'll be Sunday things until uh, until we can get a little bit more. You gone. need a
0: light out there, like Krispy Kreme or something. Like you know,
1: bartender is in.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's in, so people kind of know.
1: It's a good idea. You know, so it's just not all on your shoulders here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's. I, my my theory always is I'll do the job until I get the job figured out and somewhat perfected, and then I'll hire the guy to do it. But I don't want to hire somebody until I really know what it is I want him to do. Right. Know, so.
0: Time for a quick break, everyone, as we bring you our popular feature, Name That Distillery. We make them tough on you. This one, I think, though, you guys will be able to nail pretty quickly based on your high bourbon IQ. So... Let's get this audio mystery unfurling with Name That Distillery. Good luck. As always, answer at the end of the show.
1: All ten of our recipes mingle together perfectly. So this is both Mashville's all five East Coast.
0: Now this is going to be an 80 proof. It is the lower proof of our alcohol here. But it's also
1: the youngest. It's aged for six to six and a half years. You will go ahead and come grab your glass.
0: There you have it. Back to the show. Enjoy.
1: Now, how long have you guys been licensed? It's about three years. Three years. Okay. So what... I just did my bond renewal this week, and that was three years. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think the biggest surprise has been you know, in your time in the industry? Um, I don't know about surprises, just... You know, it's like anything. It looks easy on the front end until you get into it, and then there's a lot more to it than you ever expect, and I had to go through a lot of that. I bought some wrong equipment on the front end. I bought the wrong still the first time out and had to sell it and start over. I lost a year because of that, you know, because I just bought the wrong piece of gear. It just Uh, wasn't
0: fitting with what you guys were trying to do. Yeah,
1: I bought a still that had – I bought a Hoga still that had um, uh, – steam uh, column or not column but a okay. steam coil inside oh, okay. and so that's like the equivalent of an element and i was going to get scorching because of that so it wasn't going to be good whiskey so i wound up selling that to somebody that used it as a finish still as a spirit as a to do their spirit runs Gosh, gotcha. and then i could i bought something that the, the bain marie would allow me to do a grain in kind of a thing so i think you know the learning curve um the great thing about being in this state, of course, is that the knowledge base is so broad. So if you're really looking for information, you can find it. You know, you yeah, because you said data. you used the DSE, the Distilled Spirits Epicenter, for a couple of things. I went to DSE. I went to the Moonshine University as kind of my initial class, which really helped me to make a determination if I even wanted to do this. You know, it was like, and because if you haven't been through that course, it's five days, and about every two and a half, three hours is a different subject. So it's like little master classes in all these different subjects. So you get a really broad view, not very deep, but very broad right. view of the industry, and you wind up with a rolodex of people you can call back and talk to. So that's been pretty. That's been pretty cool. Um, balancing this with another job and one that that has been pretty active here recently has been challenging. Just to try to do both, thing, keep this thing moving along and not let it get get out of the way, and also keep you know keep the other right. thing running and ro- rolling. But you know you know. I'm young. i got a few more years. I'll be all right, you know. Well, that's that's
0: the element that's been kind of fun for me uh, just as a KDA guy is I think from when I started how many of our members, when they start small, have had multiple jobs. And you see a lot of those, a lot of our folks have, they're just full-time now at Distillery. I mean, time and time again, we've seen that. And, you know, they go from no employees to one. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I got an yeah. employee now, and I got two, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's this boundary oak, he's got five employees now. It's, it's crazy, you know. So um, it is exciting to see, you know, people really get uh, their feet under them. Because I think sometimes people complain that, like, they might come in here, and they'll go, where's the bourbon? And right. And I think they're, they're maybe not as educated as some people who know that it takes time right. uh, for that stuff to um, – age in the barrel and for you to get it out on the market so i think uh most people tend to be fairly patient right and so once you start seeing that stuff hit the shelves when you start seeing a a few more employees around the place and then you're kind of off and rolling
1: my hope is with the nq3 as well you got people coming in for a couple of drinks they're trying your stuff but you're building a following you're building a, a you know a bit of a Like say a following of people who are interested in what you're doing, and they become your first buyers. So when you're ready to roll that bourbon out, when you're ready to do it, you got you've got a waiting list. You've got people who want to buy that. And in the meantime, something like your your white whiskey, Mm -hmm. you can showcase
0: it in a mojito or something like. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're not as intimidated to. They may not think. Oh, I'm not going to go buy a whole bottle of this until they've seen it in one of your cocktail magicians' (laughs) capable hands, right? And so then they okay. They make that connection. Maybe they buy that bottle, and they know that that bottle's huge for you, and you sell that. That gives you that cash flow to be able to kind of keep putting stuff back in the barrel, keep putting stuff back in the barrel.
1: That's the main goal is just keep barreling right now. I mean, we're while we're all working and there's cash flow and we're moving, is just to keep, keep stuff filling in the barrel. The the clear spirit's been really interesting. Um, I've had a lot of people who come in um, who, I mean, in this area, a lot of people have, dry, have had moonshine. People are very familiar with moonshine. And they expect it to be like really hot, like that, like a moonshine would be, like a sugar shine would be, and it's not. It's super smooth. No, it's very good. And it's like it's, I think it's a white dog you can drink. And so people try it, and their attitude almost immediately changes. And I sell a lot of bottles. I mean, people just try it. And as soon as they get it, that flavor on their tongue and they like what they taste, it doesn't burn their. You know, throat, right, right. They're they're buying it. So yeah. uh, I've I've been very happy. And I figured within my local area that moon that a that a white whiskey and an apple pie would probably be two things that are very popular. And and they have been. I mean, we've been. I can't keep the apple pie on the shelf. People coming in here constantly, just buying up. That's my that's definitely my number one product. It pretty much flies out of here.
0: Well, that sounds pretty good. Well, let's go try some of the stuff. Well, Mark, thanks for the time today. Absolutely. Thank you for coming down. encourage everybody to come check these guys out in uh, Franklin, Kentucky. It's a good excuse maybe to head on south to Nashville or go visit some of the other guys like Paul and Mary Beth at MB Rowland or uh, Clay and his guys over at Corsair. So this is a, a good, convenient middle spot
1: yeah we are Check the, out now that you guys are kind of open for business yeah if you're coming up i65 we're going to be the first distillery you can hit when you get where exit exit two on i65 beautiful well thanks mark you bet
0: and that's our show everyone thanks for listening uh thanks for helping spread the word on the barrel report we've really been pleased with the response so far appreciate you guys helping us so much uh thanks to mark for sitting down with us And thanks again to, as always, to Buck the Taxidermist and Camel Johnson for our music. Really appreciate you guys listening. We end our show with Name That Distillery. And of course, naturally, we were having a mellow moment with the folks at Four Roses as they described their their, uh, Yo! label to their tour. So I'm sure you guys got that one. That was an easy one. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers.